Hello, today's episode covers a couple of sensitive topics, including food and body image and weight and self-esteem in general, mental health. And if any of those topics uh, are not of interest to you today, no problem, go, go put on something else. But thank you for tuning in. Um, and we really hope that you enjoy the episode if you are gonna stay around. And thanks so much for listening. Welcome to episode three of Ediad, or Every Day is a Day. My name's Luke. I'm Cassidy. Um, and we took like a three-week break. Can you explain why that happened? Oh, I was on vacation. You're, how dare you? Yeah, I know. Well, this, we're also this, on vacation right now. Society, yeah, true. We're actually, we took a holiday in Quebec for like a day. Um, every day is a day. Every day for is a holiday. Day. For a holiday. I was going to say, how dare you take time off in a capitalist society? How <laughs> I didn't. Dare I was you, still working. How dare you? Oh. I know. Yeah. I work remotely, but no, the I was The ultimate working. capitalist. Oh, Nikki's going to like this. The <laughs> ultimate capitalist checks her emails in Slack while she's on the Golden Gate Bridge when it's pouring rain. <laughs> Just before we start today's topic, um, tell tell a little bit about that Golden Gate story because that was really, really funny from my, my perspective. <laughs> so in California, typically the weather is quite nice. Um, typically as in like 362 days of the year. Yeah. So I flew into San Francisco on the Saturday night and on the Sunday I was meeting my sister and her best friend in San Francisco. And we were going to spend the day together. It was her best friend's last day there. And it was her only chance to actually see the city of San Francisco because my sister lives just outside of it. So it was supposed to be a really fun day where we that we spent in the city. Well, it turns out there was some sort of, um, I don't know, hurricane or something, torrential downpour the entire day. We were absolutely soaked just the entire day. It was so windy, so cold, so miserable. We were the only people outside. Later, when we went back to my sister's apartment, we saw on the news that like the city was being evacuated. Which is insane. <laughs> it's insane because LA, well, California, isn't it like 11 days a year of rain? Or like something four like that. days or something crazy? Yeah. So you, you caught two of the four days a year. Yes, it was pretty intense. Um, and so we didn't get to do very much, but all my sister's friend wanted to do was to go to the Golden Gate Bridge. That was the only thing that she she was really interested in, like, I can't miss this. And so despite the fact that we are all soaked to the our very core and freezing, um, we get on a bus and go to the Golden Gate Bridge and we get there and she says, where's the bridge? And my sister goes, it's there. We couldn't see it at all because it was so foggy and rainy. The weather was so bad. You couldn't see the bridge at all. Welcome to San Francisco, Welcome baby. Welcome to San Francisco, baby. More like St. John's, Newfoundland. Actually, fun fact, St. John's, uh, which we were in this summer, is uh, sometimes known as the San Francisco of Canada. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. I guess it was I mentioned super that hilly. a couple times there. But then yeah. I miscredit it as the San Jose or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and you're like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> um, I don't really know what it means either. Anyway. It's because it's so hilly, I well, think. Well, I know that part, yeah. But I still think it's like kind of a It's like a silly comparison. Kind of. But St. They, John's is like 90,000 people. Yeah. Well, actually, San Francisco is not as big as you think it is. It's mm -hmm. smaller than Ottawa. 
If you can believe it's it. It's still pretty big. No, I know. But I thought that, like, it's a city you hear so much about. I thought it was, like, comparable to LA, New York, that sort of thing. No? Just blame the fact that all of those cities are overrepresented in Hollywood by the fact that it is Hollywood. Like, that's the area, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, off topic, but uh, let's start the episode. So today's episode is titled How to Develop Self-Esteem. This is something that both of us never did, really. <laughs> right? Is that true? Um... Am I throwing you under the bus? Uh, in in part, in oh. part, I would say, in some areas of my life, I have okay self esteem. In other areas, definitely not. Okay, I was just well, having this conversation yesterday, actually, um, which is interesting. We'll get into that, but hmm. yeah, same for you. Same for me. Yeah. When you mentioned the foggy haze of the Golden Gate Bridge, I thought immediately of the foggy haze inside of my brain when I have to to try and think positive thoughts about myself. I just have them like wandering the darkness looking for them and I can't find them, you know? Mm -hmm. So we were originally going to do this episode on an article called how to overcome your problems when the world is against you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like, I think we both like this better. Uh, So we'll do that one eventually. I'm sure. Maybe. Yeah. So let's dive into the article. How to Develop Self-Esteem. This is by Trudy Griffin, LPCMS. What does that mean? No idea. She's a professional counselor, though. That's like a little bit more believable than a life coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, 167 contributors, 2.1 million views, 88%. That's the highest rated article we've looked at one out of three so far. So that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the bar was on the floor. The but... bar was on the floor. But this is like quite a lot better. So maybe this will be good. I'm excited. All right. The intro paragraph says, our self-esteem is instilled in us during our youth. Being constantly criticized by family, friends, and society in general tends to slowly strip us of our feelings of self-worth. Our low self-esteem strips us of the self-confidence to make even the smallest of decisions. These feelings do not have to be permanent, however. Improving your self-esteem increases your confidence and is a first step towards finding happiness and a better life. Read on to find out how. Some minor elements of clickbait here, but that's okay. (laughs) I'm willing to do it for the self-esteem. Okay. Part one, identifying your self-esteem. All right. Step one of part one is learn self-esteem. Self-esteem or the way we feel about ourselves is an important aspect of our emotional well-being. High self-esteem means we love and accept ourselves for the way we are and generally feel satisfied most of the time. How... I'm thinking like satisfied most of the time. How would you identify when you're feeling satisfied? Um, with myself or just in general? With yourself. Like in general, I feel like oh, I never am with myself ever. Is there a point where you have been? No. Okay. Well, well, that's why we're doing this topic, I think. So explain. Free therapy. Free therapy. That's the, <laughs> what you said to me when we changed it. No, explain like. If you never feel satisfied with yourself, what does that, what do you think that does to you? Oh, I know what it does to me and it's no good. Um, I have super, super high anxiety and that is very triggered by feelings of low self-esteem. It causes me tons of problems physically um, and I lose out on a lot of things in life and it has historically caused me plenty of issues in my relationships as well. So yeah, big, big problem that I have. Yeah. I, I don't really, I'm not as trained as you are to recognize these sorts of things. Um, 
So I often wonder why I'm, why I'm feeling certain ways and I just can't place it and I just never know. Mm-hmm. But like two things I've noticed more often is anxiety. Somebody mentioned to me, you ever get like a tight pressure in your chest? I'm like, yeah, kind of all the time. And they're like, that's probably anxiety. And I was like, I don't think I'm that anxious though, but I definitely am. I've noticed it more lately. Um, Self-esteem issues. I've always had some. When I was younger, it was pretty bad because I was sort of bullied, like classic schoolyard bullying. It's no big deal anymore, but it still left an impact. It is a big deal. Yeah. And it's like everything that happens to you when you're a kid is a big deal. Yeah. And it's like, I think the biggest issue of self-esteem for me it's pretty easily to identify in myself at this point is like, I still feel like there's clickiness all around me and that I only belong in a certain place with certain people. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it's hard for me to accept like a situation that I don't think I should be in based on like who I was in high school or some bullshit, you know? Yeah. No, I get it. That's the self-esteem that always hits me. Feeling like an outsider. Yeah. Not the novel, the outsiders. No, not an actual outsider, <laughs> not child Tom Cruise. No. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the feeling that I have. So it says here, untreated low self-esteem can often lead to lifelong problems, such as being the victim of abusive relationships, feeling constantly self-conscious, being afraid of failure that you don't even try to set goals that I don't know about that one for you. That last point, I don't think that's you, but fear of failure is something that I have had. And it's held me back for a while and it made it so that I was kind of stagnant in life. I didn't want to do more school. I didn't want to change jobs, whatever. But I think that's starting to go away now, now that I actually believe that I can succeed. Interesting that that's tied to self-esteem though. I don't think so. Well, it's like interesting how it's I mean, it is interesting, but I don't don't think it's weird. No, it's not weird. Yeah. No, I, I do have a fear of failure, but it's just not in the same arenas as what you've dealt with like yeah. I think we've all talked about that a number of times like mm-hmm. I'm much more insecure about um just myself and my relationships than I think you are of yourself and your relationships right but um you struggle more in feeling confident in like school and work yeah school and work is my thing for sure although I'm gonna be honest the relationships thing is also my thing I just haven't noticed it until recently <laughs> That's, want to uh, elaborate on that? No, I don't really want to yet. <laughs> Maybe we'll get into it later. But um, uh, let's go into part, well, step two of part one. Evaluate your self-esteem. So knowing that you have low self-esteem is the first step to improving and overcoming the mental habit. So I think we've both kind of done that. Well, we definitely have mm-hmm. by, the, by the choosing of this article. So your, if your inner voice or thoughts about yourself are mostly critical, you likely have low self-esteem. That's pretty easy to identify. Mm-hmm. If your inner voice tends to be positive and comforting, you have higher self-esteem. Hmm. Sometimes I find it hard to identify like what my inner voice is. I don't know. Sometimes I just talk without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Just like right now, you're, you're very <laughs> silent. Anyway. Oh, I'm just thinking. Okay. Uh, my my inner voice is very critical. Very critical. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. It's quite quite severe. So I guess. Evaluating your self-esteem, listening for your inner voice. And then there's step three is listen to your inner voice. When you have thoughts about yourself, determine whether they are positive or negative. If you have trouble evaluating this or noticing a pattern, 
Oh my gosh. So what I was just talking about, mm-hmm. um, we haven't read this before hand. So if you have trouble evaluating this, me, or noticing a pattern, me, try writing your thoughts down. So sorry, try writing down your thoughts. Oh my God, I'm illiterate. <laughs> try writing down thoughts you have about yourself every day for a few days or a week. Look at statements for patterns or tendencies. Don't do that. Why not? If, well, because if you do it like I have done, I did that once. And well, actually, you should do it because it's very enlightening. But I could not believe it. Like, truly, I could not believe. I still have that piece of paper. As a reminder? Yeah. Like, I spent the entire week on my therapist's ask to... Just every time I had a thought about myself specifically just to write it down. And truly that was like the most horrifying thing to look back on at the end of the week, like just shocking. And it was so just second nature to me that I didn't even notice. Yeah. I don't know why I've never thought about something like that. Like it's so simple to write down your thoughts. I think it's just like something just slightly out of reach of daily life and act and like your normal calculated tasks that you have to do that some people don't think of it. I really think I should do that. Well, I think at least once there's a certain point where, and usually it's with like professional or someone very smart's help, um, where you realize that your thoughts aren't necessarily the truth. And a lot of people never learn that, but it's really hard if you haven't gotten to that point yet where you like, why would you write it down? Because why would you think that your thoughts are maybe not true? Yeah. Everyone thinks that their thoughts are the truth. Yeah. That's how they feel. But they're not. At least if you're me, they're not. Well, for everybody. Uh, So Sarah once said to me, um, you know, you obviously you notice the flaws, your perceived flaws in yourself more than anybody else would, clearly. Um, Physical, mental, whatever. Um, So your inner voice being critical is is part of that, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the inner voice of someone with low self-esteem often manifests in one of the following personas, someone who is, who, someone who nags a generalist, a comparer, a catastrophizer, or a mind reader, big time comparer here. That is All my right. biggest problem. Oh, I, well, especially before, like when in my undergrad and after I was always comparing to colleagues or people that I knew before people that I, my new friends or people, relationships that I was in. And I always felt like I was the one behind everyone else, um, which maybe I was at the time, but <clears throat> the problem yeah. was the comparing was what was keeping me back really. Mm-hmm. And when you're in a specialist program like teacher's college, it's like, what's the point in comparing? You're all doing totally different things in the end, and you're all going to be teaching students in totally different ways. I, I don't compare as much anymore, thankfully with careers mm-hmm. or school because it's like I, if I did I'd be screwed I wouldn't be able to be a teacher I think if I was as bad with that as I used to be yeah definitely I feel like it took a lot of building your self-confidence to get to where you are yeah. today like professionally yeah uh, which one of those fits you the best catastrophe I was about to say that oh, yeah <laughs> Okay, do you want to explain? No, I just, well, I know (laughs) you well. Yes. So catastrophe, what have you, what is a way that you catastrophize something? Um, I just jumped to the worst, worst case scenario about myself. You dropped your beer stub in the bottom of the can. Yes, I did. 
Oh, well. Beer are you drinking? Uh, oh, Stout Blanc. What's the, what's the company? Oshlag. Oshlag? Nice. Mm-hmm. All right, anyway, pick up, so catastrophizing. Catastrophizing uh, is basically just making things out to be the worst possible case scenario ever. And so if, so if somebody doesn't talk to you for like a couple of days, you would say, mm, no, I wouldn't say that it's in very specific areas. I would say so in, in your case, I don't have it with work or school or anything like that. And I don't have it in my friendships, but in my, like when I've been dating, that's where it really comes out where I get like very just, I think the smallest thing is the end of the world. Like they're going to leave you and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Big like abandonment yeah. <laughs> issues on that front. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That's it? Okay. Anyway. Are you good? Yeah. Sorry. I was just thinking. But yeah, it's um, definitely challenging to jump to the worst case scenario because it's almost never true. That's true. And it can't be as bad as you think it's going to be, you know, like even when, even when somebody does leave you or somebody does break things off or you lose a friendship or you make somebody upset or something, I feel like when that has actually happened to me, either there's a way that you can make things better. You can talk things out. You can move on or things will get smoothed out. Like there's always a way that those sort of big problems can be fixed might take a lot of time but that has not been my experience not your experience but like the fear is worse than the problem to me mm, not for you not for me okay. i don't think so i mean the fear is there for a reason i, I would say that's okay. why i've like i've developed it for because okay. i've had things happen i see you know i had horrible anxiety and catastrophizing when an ex-girlfriend of mine I knew she was going to break up with me, but I was just like waiting it out. And like, it was horrible. Like it was the worst. And the second she broke up with me, I was just like, oh my God, thank God it's happened. Finally, I can relax, like not relax, but like I can leave that stuff out of my head now. It's mm -hmm. just like builds and builds and builds and builds, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's my experience with it. And you were able to leave it behind. No, it like you get depressed, but um, <laughs> The catastrophizing, thankfully, the catastrophe had happened and it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be, you know? Yeah. No, the, the uncertainty and the, the waiting and yeah. that's, that's definitely worse than having closure, even if the closure is not what you want. Yeah. I was just reading an article about um, students and, well, everybody's unhealthy attachment to technology, especially technology that doesn't serve us to improve. It mm -hmm. just... Um, it was for school, but I had a question, which was how as educators, does this generation that grew up with this sort of technology teach kids how to disengage and detach themselves from it when we have not healed or found out ways to do that ourselves, hmm. i.e. I probably was addicted to like my phone and or video games when I was younger, maybe, but like. Very much. I don't know where I was going with this. I don't know either, but I technology, technology, oh, self-esteem, like getting, getting worried when people don't text you back for like a little bit. That's, a, that's occasionally been a fear of mine too. Mm. 
Yeah, I I tend to not care very much in most of my relationships. But again, when it comes to that context, mm-hmm. definitely it can be really hard for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I don't know. I don't I don't think I'm I spend very much time or I maybe not time, but I don't think I'm really attached to my phone. I don't really like to be on it. I don't really like to text. I have no problems going a long time without it. And I'm not really on social media either. Yeah, that's something that that you've done that's pretty good. Yeah. My problem is I am attached. I got a phone much later than most people my age anyway. Like in high school, I never had a phone. I had like a computer, but I didn't have any texting. So I got like I paid for my first phone with my first job. And I was like about to go into university. That's when I got it. So like my relationship with it is way different than most people's. Mm-hmm. I th- I mean, that's that's maybe a bit of a generalization, but I think it's very different. Yeah. And it's led to me like having those problems later than other people, maybe. Perhaps. Yeah. Anyway, at least I can recognize it. The other point here talks about silencing the negative inner voice. Uh, we've talked about that a bit, but what's your like best method for that? I don't think you can. You don't think you, you don't can? Think you can I, don't, I don't think you can silence it. Um, I think the key is to recognize it, notice it, and name it as such. And then over time, it happens less and less. Mm-hmm. But I think if you go into it or go into anything that you're not happy with in your life and you go into it thinking, I should be different. I'm wrong. There's something wrong with me. There's something wrong with the way that I think. If you go in with that mindset, you're not going to change it. No. That's just going to continue to reinforce what you already believe. Yeah. Um, so learning to just accept that the way that you're wired is the way that you're wired. And you can also change it. Um, that's a kind of like a DBT thing. Um, DBT? Except- dialectical behavior therapy type of therapy kind of it's dialectical mm -hmm. dialectical means um like opposites oh i see Uh, okay and so the opposites in dbt are acceptance and change and these things seem like opposites but you have to be able to manage both you have to say you have to be able to say i am okay with who i am in this moment i can live in this present moment and I can want to change certain aspects of my life. And those things aren't, aren't opposites. No. Yeah, they're not. And that's a really good point that you made, DBT. I should look into that a little bit more, maybe. It's super helpful. Um, it was originally developed for borderline personality disorder, but it's been used with um, people struggling with depression and eating disorders and anxiety mm. and um, addiction. Okay. Tons of different. When you talk about saying, uh, talking about being accept, accepting of something or ready for change and saying that you're, you accepting something mm-hmm. and saying that you're ready for change. There's a, there's the fourth point here talks about investigating the source of your lowered self-esteem. Um, and I think that like one of the methods I use for quieting my inner voice is just speaking out loud to myself not necessarily in a comforting way, but just like explaining why the things I'm hearing are not necessarily accurate. Mm-hmm. I think because I'm more analytical, um, that helps me. It's I, I call it my shower talk. 
because usually it happens in the morning during a shower. But the problem is my shower talk is so all over the place lately because of my online classes. Sometimes it's at 11 p.m. or a.m. Sorry, I'm on break, but shower, shower talk is good. Part four, investigate the source of your lowered self-esteem. I know what it is for me. We talked about it last episode. It's failure in school when I was younger. That's what it is. And like an ostracization socially. Mm-hmm. What about you? <laughs> uh, certain things that I, I do not want to get into for the most part, I would say. Okay, but definitely, um, you know, some lighter quote unquote things that I can talk about are like, yeah, just relationship problems. I had, I was bullied when I was younger. I was not a very good looking kid. Let's just put it that way. And people treated me as such. Um, and so I really developed a complex about that and my, my appearance and, um, relationships, but it didn't really affect my friendships because I didn't have problems in that area. Yeah. Yeah. Mine was just like, I, I hung out with people that were not popular and that was stupid to people. And it's just such a dumb thing, but it's like still in my head, you know, mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't like that, but it's there. Yeah. I know this. I know the source. Um, no one has, it says no one has inherently low self-esteem from birth. Of course not. All of our experiences are, are lived experiences. Like, I don't think any of this sort of stuff is genetic unless we're talking about an actual diagnosable like syndrome or disease which in that not always that the case you know yeah and even if if like a lot of you know mental disorders they are at least in part triggered by those sorts of adverse early life events yes there's a of course there's a big genetic component but also like there's plenty of different disorders that probably wouldn't develop at all um, yeah. if you didn't have kind of those traumatizing experiences when you're young. Um, Nature versus nurture. Yeah. Uh, hold on. Part five says set a goal to improve your self-esteem. So part of shower talk <laughs> is you talk about the garbage and then you set the goal. But usually I set the goal in my head. Um, usually I set goals day at a time. How do you set goals? Years at a time. Years at a time. Okay. That's maybe <laughs> just a different approach, but yeah, no, I, I don't think any approach is better than the other. Uh, I'm definitely a big planning years in advance kind of person for better. You're for like worse. The, the Soviet five-year plan. <laughs> exactly like that. Oh, I, hopefully I less genocide, but yeah. Ho- hopefully less, but you know, you never know. Um, yeah, I definitely set goals for myself. I in other areas that are less touchy, I don't have a problem. In this specifically setting a goal for improving my self-esteem, that's something that I I wouldn't even say I have goals, more like I have certain tasks and I guess my goal is just to complete the tasks and I'm not trying to get any specific outcome out of them I basically just do what my therapist tells me okay because I don't really understand how it all works but I trust that she does um she should sure she does yes um because there's plenty of things that she says or asks me to do that I don't understand why I'm doing it or Or you're opposed to it first that's oh yeah isn't that the key isn't that the biggest thing of therapy is that you're always opposed to what they're asking you no. Not you, but people. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. It can okay. be 
it can be challenging at times, but, um, yeah. So my goal is, I guess my only goal is to, I I do a lot of things to take care of my mental well-being. I do that therapy. I also go to like a support group and other things in my life. And my goal is just to show up as best as I can for those things. And then I let the professionals take it away from there. Good call. Good call. A lot of my goals are are day at a time, but most of them involve showing up, trying to be myself, trying, uh, finishing things on time and like putting in the effort because a lot of the time I'm just zonked, tired and totally zooted. Um, <laughs> wait, what? What's funny? Zonked, tired and totally zooted. Zonked and zooted. That's, you heard that, it here, folks. If I was to make... <laughs> If I you was, heard it here first, folks. Well, you heard it here generally, folks, yes. But if I was to make a solo podcast, it would be called Zonked and Zooted. <laughs> um, but, you know, setting goals day by day is usually what I do. Yeah. Part two, improving your self-care. So people always talk about self-care when they're talking about mental health issues and mental well-being. Um, I think I'm pretty good on the self-care department. I think I'm fine. If yeah. anything, I do too much of it. Um, you I, think so? Yeah, I procrastinate. Is that self-care? No, it's it's you add more self-care because you're procrastinating. I, I know, don't think so. I know the definition of self-care doesn't mean that they're not aligned, but like I'm pretty sure I'm set on this department. So why don't you feel this? I don't know. I Here's the thing is I think self-care, a lot of the time we think of it as like bubble baths and like taking time well, to play. I don't fucking do that, okay. so... No, and just hot tubs. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> um, or like getting your nails done or going out with your friends. And that like definitely can be self-care and that's awesome. But self-care is also cleaning your floor and it's also going to the doctor and it's also answering your emails and doing the things that you need to do. And even in the next level, something that I've been thinking about a lot recently is self-care can actually be like your emotions and the way you think about them like a big kind of realization I've had recently is I'm always like I just have big emotions and when I get angry um I'm so focused on not not acting angry because I'm scared of you know being crazy or taking it too far or whatever but the problem is I never learned like the in-between right and so I just never learned how to properly express anger at other people when it's and in certain times when sometimes you have to it's been justified and I don't mean yelling at them or anything but I have an extreme problem like just saying I don't think what you did was okay yeah and uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at as self-care right now is like how can I have boundaries with people and not let people do things that hurt me and not say anything about it because that's kind of my my magnum as you know that's Mm -hmm. what I do Mm -hmm. well um thinking more about self-care now the first point says list your positive attributes focus on the things that you like about yourself to remind yourself there's more to you than the negative thoughts of your inner voice uh listing positive attributes I've done that before um I think that doesn't always really work. Like you can, you can sort of spiral when you're doing that and start like, then you list your negative thoughts and suddenly there's more (laughs) of them or whatever. I don't, um, or sorry, your negative attributes. 
Um, like that's fine and good, but it doesn't really speak to me so much. What about you? Uh, I've done this again in, in therapy, but I was just supposed to make a, a short list. And I remember, I remember sending it to my friend because I thought it was so funny when I did it. Um, cause the, the last point was, I am trying my best. Oh, is my, well, is it, was it true? Yes, okay, it good. was. And I was not in a good place in my life at that time, but I was, and I was constantly showing up and tr- just trying and I was failing most of the time, but I never, I never like gave up good. on it. And good. so, yeah, that was something for me to be happy or like proud of. I good. Guess. As you should be. Uh, the second part here says keep a positivity journal. Write down your accomplishments, compliments people give you, and good thoughts you have about yourself. <laughs> um, accomplishments. There's there's a, it's a short list right now, but it's growing, and I I can think of all of it the is things. Not a short list. Okay, well I can think of all the things that they would be, but I've never written them out in a journal form. Compliments people give you, good thoughts about yourself. Starts to we starting to lose traction here at this point. So maybe maybe I would need to do something like this, like keep a positivity journal. Do you yes. have one of those? Uh, not in a journal form, but kind of. Uh, I have I have a folder full of like professional things like that. Okay. So full of like good emails that I've gotten, testimonials. Oh my successes whatever which you told me to do too yeah yeah i partially keep that because it's good for me to have evidence of my successes for like job interviews and stuff but also it makes me feel good when i'm feeling bad about myself or worried or nervous right but um i also have a folder on my computer that is just screenshots of people's text messages dead serious um nice text messages that made me feel loved and cared about um and i keep those and i open it pretty often because it's so easy to be convinced that you're on on your own and nobody cares about you and whatever just when your own brain turns against you but it's mm-hmm. good to have it kind of laid out that, oh hey maybe that's not true yeah maybe i should do something like that with texts sometimes it's like some somebody recently said to me sometimes people like enter your and leave your life and that's just that's okay that's just part of your life and people it doesn't mean like relationships it just means anything yeah um and sometimes people like you never speak to somebody again mm-hmm. and maybe there was a conversation you remember having and you want to like a text one or a spoken one and you want to save that but you, do, you just can't it's gone or mm-hmm. whatever so that might be something that i should do Part three, use, sorry, this is part three of that second part. Um, use your journal, so your um, self-care, what was it? Positivity journal? Mm-hmm. Use your positivity journal for goal setting. So I, th- I think the theme of this article is goal setting, which is good. Set goals for improve, improving yourself without expecting perfection in every aspect of your life. Yeah, your goal should be clear and specific, but allow for wiggle room for imperfection interesting parallel that I'm immediately drawing. Uh, We're currently working on, we as in other people in my program and me, a giant um, like curriculum map for a subject in elementary school and mine is the history curriculum, which involves like planning every single instructional day of the year, like relatively, 
and it talks about wiggle room for imperfection and like reteaching and trips and days off and snow days, et cetera, et cetera. And how important it is that your like plan is flexible and can't be rigid and can't rely on everything going well every time. Um, and that's why I think like a good experienced teacher is a theoretically good at goal setting for their own personal life too. Let's hope. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think Maybe. about journal goal setting? Uh, I, I do that. Not again, not in a paper journal, but I have this absolutely psychotic notion <laughs> set up where I track all notion? of my, yeah, notion. It's like, um, kind of like a project management sort of software, but I use it to manage my own life. And I have every single goal in my entire life there. And it's the progress is tracked and the timelines are tracked. Like it's, it's intense. It's like a base camp, but for everything. Yeah. Literally, oh it's because I can't keep it all in my head, right? But Jesus. I don't um, I don't enjoy the examples that they have there. Actually, Why? no, the first one I like, the second one I don't. The first one is, um, for example, instead of, I will always speak against people who are spreading discrimination and hate. You might say, <laughs> or you might make your goal, I will do my best to calmly oppose the ideas of others who spread discrimination and hate. The reason I like this one is because, yes, it takes away that... Um, absolute nature of it which is really important for goal setting because if you say like i will always do something and you have that in your head like i will never mess up yeah. chances are good you are gonna mess up well, with any extremes. big yes extremes so taking it out of the extremes and making it about um doing your best i think is really important but the second one Oh, is man. I will never eat sugar again and will lose 30 pounds. Okay, yes, we, we should not be never eating sugar again, um, barring some very specific medical problems. Um, but instead, they said, I will strive to live a healthier lifestyle with better food choices and more exercise. I don't like that at all. What is um, that? I like it if if your goal is just to be healthier, then I guess that's fine. I don't like the word better food choices um that's like what's a, a, what's a different i feel like healthier is already said there once so they just switched the other word to maybe better. more nutritious yeah yeah like i think a better like it that's just a meaningless word and i think when we start to um with food specifically when we start to give it labels of good or bad that leads us to kind of obsess about food in right. some ways, whereas food, like re realistically, food is just made up of a bunch of numbers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but the reason I really don't like this one, and this is coming from someone who has gone through weight loss, um, is your goals should be measurable if you can make them measurable and what, it's okay. The, the 30 pounds aspect. Yeah. yeah. If you want to say, I want to lose 30 pounds and that's something you can do and you want to do health, healthfully then do that now what you don't want to say is i will lose 30 pounds within oh time three length. three months yeah. um oh and i God. will do it by yeah i mean uh and i will do it by eating you know this many calories a day Only chicken breast and rice exactly it's like when you take it to that extreme you don't have flexibility that's when it that you fall off the wagon yeah. per se Be, i think the reason that i found losing weight actually not not very hard at all is because it took me a really long time right. because i was eating basically whatever i wanted um i mean i was exercising pretty often but like i didn't cut anything out of my diet i had plenty of days where i had takeout and i ate way over what i was um kind of my standard 
like daily amount. Yeah. And I just like, it just averaged out over time. Um, and that was what was important. I got there, but had I said, you know, had I felt like every time I had takeout or every time I missed a workout or whatever, like this is it, I'm done. I'm not going to do it anymore. Then I I would have failed instantly because that happens so many times. Yeah. But that's something actually I watched a three hour video on is some YouTuber who's really popular, who I legit have never heard of before, but this video just got recommended to me. So I think it was actually a better context to watch it in other rather than knowing his stuff. Um, it was like the fact that he was an alcoholic and he drank like a whiskey bottle every night. And he was like, he had a podcast and he was like, I was, I'm always drunk when I film the podcast. I'm always drunk if it's after 5 PM always. Mm-hmm. And he wakes up at like 11 a.m. or 12 a.m. or 12 p.m. or whatever. Um, And he was just talking about like how when he went clean, it was fine for a week just because he's young and he can resist that sort of thing. But then like he just cracked and had a beer. But then it's like, okay, you just keep going, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, I think people fall very easily into that mentality. Like you hear it's like the classic New Year's thing. It's like you slip up once, which everybody does. If it's a hard goal, you're probably going to slip up. Yeah. Um, And then you just abandon it because you're like, oh, this is the end of the world. Catastrophizing. Whereas, or like the in weight loss, like the common example is like having like a cheat day where it's you eat something quote unquote bad in the morning and then it's like, oh, the whole day it's ruined. It's like, no. Yeah. No, it's not. (laughs) You can just go back to eating the way that you want to right after. Yeah. You have to wait till tomorrow or next week. Like it's so hard to be, you can't cold turkey really anything in life, you know? It's hard to. Some things you can, but don't, don't beat yourself up if you can't. No. The nice thing about what we just talked about is we kind of already addressed part four, forgive yourself (laughs) for being imperfect. Nice job, author. So we kind of already talked about that we can't be perfect all the time. Do you have a mantra for yourself? A mantra for myself? Yeah. Um, well, there's something in my head that I'm thinking about, which is not my mantra, but it just immediately jumped to my head, which is <laughs> get paid, get laid, Gatorade. <laughs> Again, none of those things. I don't want to cut that, but I am going to have to. A mantra for myself, um, water under the bridge, I don't know, let it pass, uh, temper yourself. I don't know if that's a mantra. Maybe. I don't know. I think it can be whatever you want it to be. I guess so. All right. We have a couple more parts of section two. Seek counseling is part five. If you feel that you're unable to improve your self-esteem on your own, or if you become very upset when exploring the roots of your low self-esteem, hmm. You may want to see a therapist who can help you identify and deal with the roots of your self-esteem problems, mm-hmm. which is something you've done, not necessarily entirely because of self-esteem, but maybe part of it. Yeah, mostly. Mostly. Um, I'm not super, it says you, if you become upset, it doesn't make me upset. I just don't want to acknowledge it sometimes and don't want to address it. So I don't go there. Um, it's something I'm thinking about, something you told me about that I should do. Uh, we will see. Only time will tell. Uh, part six for section two, participate in charitable work. Well, you've done a lot of that. Why don't you tell us about what you've done? Uh, yeah, I've done, I've done quite a bit. Um, the big one is I started a nonprofit a couple of years ago and ran that for several years. Ran into the ground. Just kidding. It's doing very well. And what else? Um, 
I have also done a few other things. I started um, at a at a charity called Shelter Movers, but it's all very like confidential. Um, yeah. Where you help victims of domestic violence um, mm-hmm. move like apartments or houses out of a bad situation and just mm-hmm. like moving their stuff because apparently that's a huge huge barrier actually for people's people stuff gets left behind when you yeah. bail out of a relationship or something exactly not bail and out you escape so sometimes those things are worth a lot of money or it's just you, they're, they're things right? sometimes like you need assets to live yeah and sometimes it's sentimental stuff too yeah right um but yeah so that's what this charity does and okay. i volunteer there but I haven't done too much volunteer work, mainly because I've, well, I spent a serious amount of time just working like 70 hours a week. And then I was back in school and see, I'm making, I really am just making excuses, but I did do, I did an entire year of volunteering in a grade one, two class, um, with somebody I knew was the teacher. And, uh, that was really good. Well, it was my cousin. That was really good for me. And I got, made some great connections. I'm literally never forgetting any of those kids' names for sure. And it's part of the reason I'm here now. It's yeah. most of the reason. I remember us talking about that before you started. Yeah. What, I specifically remember saying, you have to do this. Do it. I don't remember that. but I do. Yeah. I remember because you were kind of like... Like you were apprehensive I, I was about streaming, it. I was streaming on Twitch at the time, full time, like five days a week. And I was working five yeah. days a week. You weren't sure if you could if you could swing it. Like yeah, it was an hour it. and a half drive. Yeah, it was a big commitment, huge yeah. commitment. It was fun, uh, but it worked out for the best, I think. Um, well, the the way it worked out was that a that class was a tough class, and I was able to help those kids and help the teacher and like get involved in a different community that I've never been a part of, make change, help with change. But then it was also like when I got into teacher's college, the things that other people were more concerned about, I was not concerned about because I already had that, that like experience. Mm-hmm. Granted, I had concerns in other ways, but yeah, I would like to do more. Charity is part of a component of my program, but I would like to do more like later. Mm-hmm. So I theoretically, we'll have summers off in the future. We'll see. It's very fulfilling, I find. Yeah. Part three, adopting a more positive lifestyle. Somebody doing yoga here in this picture. <laughs> Number one says, set aside time for self-care. Didn't we talked we about just that. talk about that? So setting aside time, I guess the time component is the, the, the thing here. Sure. Uh, that's pretty hard to do when you're in work and school, but... Critically important. Critically important. Find a hobby that makes you feel physically and mentally, makes you feel better physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of things that you've been picking up lately, which we've talked about already. A mm-hmm. um, little harder for me, but I think D&D fills that hole mm-hmm. most of the time. I managed to do that still twice a week, which is really nice. Part two, surround yourself with positive people. Very difficult sometimes when when your friends are all in a similar situation as you or you're all like doing something similar. Because then your moods and attitudes can sort of blend. Yeah, I, I mean, I would, I would definitely say the same thing. But I think the, the key part is um, them saying negative influences that cause you to feel badly about yourself. Try to minimize or eliminate or yeah, try to minimize or eliminate the time you spend with them. So 
I think you can have people in your life who are going through a lot and not maybe doing so well. That doesn't necessarily mean they make you feel bad about yourself. Right. Yeah. No, like, there's I think... a big difference between someone not being like positive and cheery and someone making you feel bad about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you can inherently, you can usually tell when that's happening. Like I, I've, everybody has friends who are struggling with something at different periods of time. It might be worse or better. You might notice it or be able to help more or less, but I don't think that definitely, that necessarily means like negative influence. Mm -hmm. I think that's a positive influence in my life. Yeah. Anytime I can help somebody or, or, or there's something, however simple or complex that I can do, I don't think that's generally negative. I know when it has been, we've <laughs> talked about that, but um, no, I like this though. It's, it's like you do need positive people as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, section three says eat a healthy diet <laughs> eat a healthy diet something that i got extremely good at but over this last week i have done extremely poorly at and i am feeling the consequences feeling baby. the burn what well, we're about to eat Ooh. steak potatoes and asparagus so pretty good pretty good mm -hmm. it's gonna round out that week nicely I can't even believe what my diet was of last week. It's, I don't even want to know. No, you don't. Trust me, you don't. Just, <laughs> I'm, I'm channeling Yzma from Emperor's New Groove when I say, is there anything on this menu that is not swimming in gravy? <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm I'm pretty good eating healthy. Like, yeah, you are. I'm set. I, I'm, I'm not against buying like a couple bags of chips. I know I can temper myself. I, I've never counted calories, but I recently did like three days in a row. And I was like, whoa, I'm at a calorie deficit all the time. Um, and calories doesn't equal healthy, but like, like I always cook meals for myself. You know, I always make sure I have three a day or two and a half or whatever. Um, I definitely feel weird when I don't have fruit in a day. Like I feel like something's fucking wrong with me. Like feel <laughs> it. So I'm set. Healthy diet, I'm good. I could be better, but I've got the basics down. I don't. <laughs> you you are getting there, and you went getting through a there. huge weight loss period, which included diet changes as well. Oh yeah, um, but like I just don't know how to eat anymore. I remember the first time I had alcohol like oh. in any measurable amount like I'd had maybe a glass of wine here or there but I remember when I moved into my place um that I'm in right now you helped me move in yeah and we had that bottle of wine I had about half of it mm -hmm. but um I had had it pretty fast and, and you got that would have blasted been, I got so blasted and I'm so sick but like I could have easily easily done that before yeah and so i feel like i'm still adjusting even though it's been quite a while at probably this are point, i'm like still adjusting to figuring out what my body actually is like yeah now. yeah a lot know. of change yeah yeah no kidding part four says exercise more now exercise and me i i was like pretty into exercise and being an athlete when i was younger but it just slipped up the more I got older and got like a little bit lazier and just played a little bit more video games and did a little less work. Um, and going to the gym is like an anxiety point for me. I've, I've done it before. I, sh I want to do it again, but I'm definitely like, you know. Yeah, we're going to go in the middle of the night. The middle of the night is the best way to go when there's nobody around, hopefully, right? But you're you're mm -hmm. pretty good with exercise. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, now I am. I wasn't when I was young. Yeah. I only started going to the gym in my senior year of high school. And it's just because- Oh, I didn't. I, I started in grade 10 and only did it until like grade 12. That okay. was like my only time of doing that. Yeah. No, I, I started when I was in my senior year of high school because someone I worked with really went to the gym uh, frequently and would drive me and we would hang out together. And so okay. it was like a social thing, sort of. It was great. It was, oh man, I was so healthy. I was going at five o'clock in the morning. When, what, what was I doing? That's insane. Um, <laughs> I know. And then I kept it up in like first year and second year. I yeah. was I was quite fit. Um, third year... <laughs> Like 2017 onwards, I started not um, doing so well in my own head. And then exercise really fell by the wayside. It was really the least of my concerns at that point. Fair. I I went after I finished my undergrad and before I moved, um, my friend Josh and I went to the gym like three times a week. We went once usually or twice together during the week and then maybe once or twice alone. Um, And we were both feeling pretty good. Like that was the strongest and healthiest we both of us ever were, I would say. And we always talk about that period of time as like a real highlight of our lives because we would, we would, (laughs) we would go to the gym for like two and a half hours, whatever, go get Wendy's absolutely (laughs) slam massive (laughs) amount of Wendy's, go do D and D at our friend Aaron's house, go home, and just the amount of Wendy's in our stomachs made us so good. Um, <laughs> they made it all worth it. That was the best. Um, we crushed it. <laughs> Part five, spend time on personal hygiene. There's a person of brushing her teeth here. And presentation. If you put thought and time into your personal appearance by selecting clothing that makes you feel confident and put together practicing daily hygiene habits, you'll feel more comfortable and confident I spend too much time on my hair. I'm just going to say it. I'm good with this category. Why don't you go ahead? I barely even want to talk about it. This okay. is like, a sore spot for me because there have definitely been times in my life where, well, I mean, certainly like putting on nice clothes and brush or, and like putting on makeup and whatever. I mean, that was out of the question, but there right. have been plenty of times where it was like brushing my teeth was a, a day long task, you know? And yeah. it's, I agree. I agree that you feel better when you put some modicum of effort into how you look um, and how your, you know, your hygiene. Um, but it can be very hard for some people, myself included. Mm-hmm. Part four: letting go of perfection. Recognize unreachable standards, like Picasso is a sexist and a racist, but like like Picasso's <laughs> paintings, perfection changes in the eye of the beholder. Uh, perfection is a state that is subjective and often self-imposed. That's very true. This isn't necessarily a bad thing because it is what motivates people in, to improve, find better and more efficient ways of doing things, and be the most excellent they can be. Mm-hmm. I don't really have anything to say about that other than, yes, yeah, I agree. most standards are unreachable. I wouldn't say most. Well, most, but- most like personal like self-beauty and like the standards you're reaching for if you have like an, an idealized goal and you're in a bad place mm-hmm. chances are that you have to reevaluate that you know yeah well it's something i think you have to evaluate on a case-by-case basis because i've definitely had that 
exact thing before where I've had unreachable standards and I've set my goal like, and it's been completely unrealistic. But there's also been times where I've set my goals way too low and I thought I was way more incapable than I was and I was just using it as an excuse Okay. in some ways. You okay. know, it's, it's really easy to resign yourself to... I'm always going to be like this. This is how I am and I'm never going to change. At least if you're me. Um, no, that's a really good point. That's like Instagram real worthy. What is? That quote. Oh, thank you. That's what that's going on the What's page. What's Instagram real? Oh, yeah. I forgot you don't have social media. Better that you don't know. Better that you don't know. All right. The last section of this article is forgive yourself. Luke, I forgive me. I forgive you too. No, no, forgive yourself. <laughs> Why do I have to give you acting direction on this? <laughs> I love Luke uh, put his hands on his chest. And my therapist actually says to do that sometimes I'm when you're a trying therapist. to be. Wow. Yeah, right? Uh, well, that's why we're friends. Yeah. Um, no, but actually like putting your hands on your chest and like when you're thinking or saying compassionate things to yourself, it actually like kind of makes you feel good. It does, especially when no one is hugging you in your life. By whose fault is that? My, it's definitely my fault, but it's also, you know. Anyway, uh, you're supposed to say, after I say, Luke, I forgive you, you're supposed to say... Luke, I forgive you too. Fucking, what is that <laughs> word? Read this word. Yourself. <laughs> Cassidy, I forgive me, is what you're supposed to say. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Stop. Say it. No, I will not. You hear this here first, uh, resistance on the self-help podcast. Leave me alone. Okay. So we've moved on to the viewer voicemail section of the podcast. Um, this week we have a little clip from uh, Cassidy's friend Nikki. So let's hear what that sounds like. I've been struggling with existence and that it's hard to exist in that we have this body that needs to be fed a minimum of three times a day and you can't just feed it pasta and chips and ramen. Um, it needs to be fed nutrients and on top of it, it needs to move and it needs to sleep. And if you don't do those things each single day of your waking existence, then it won't function properly and then you won't be able to do anything but then we live in a capitalist society and if you don't do anything then you won't be able to provide for yourself and so it's just like this cycle of existence that kind of haunts me because it takes so much effort to be able to actually exist in this capacity um yeah how do we fix this it's heavy First thing I wanted to say is that, Nikki, uh, you have a CBC Radio morning show voice. <laughs> really. Like, I feel like you would be sitting next to Wei Chen on CBC Radio 1. Oh, you know what? Nikki, uh, do you remember when my old work at the Pelling Lab, we did yeah. a podcast? She was the host. Oh, she was the host. Well, no shit. Yeah, you should you should listen to the episode that, where now. she was interviewing me. I will now. And unfortunately, we had a great, for my other podcast, we had a great episode recorded where she was interviewing me, but unfortunately, the audio got corrupted. But oh. yeah, it was it was stellar. But yeah, no, Nikki and I actually went out for dinner last night. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was great. 
Um, and I, like, I feel like every single time we go out for dinner or like we hang out, we just talk for hours and hours and hours about our lives and our feelings and all the things going on, our problems. And yeah. Um, Gosh. We definitely like every single time we see each other and I really value that. Yeah. Well, a lot of the things she said really are connected to this article and also what we've been talking about. One, the biggest crime of the human race is that we now have to pay to live and eat and just be alive. Horrible. Um, but I think if we're like tying it back into like, she talked about nourishing herself, moving your body. Mm-hmm. And what was the third thing? Sleeping. Sleeping. So nourishing ourselves, we addressed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Moving our bodies, we addressed a little bit. Sleeping, when I first heard this, that was the thing I thought of immediately because my relationship with sleep is bad. Mm-hmm. Like I procrastinate sleep. I'll be sitting in my bed and I'm like, I, can't, I just can't go to sleep. I have to do all these things. And sometimes I don't have to do anything, mm-hmm. but I'm still staying. I mean, not even sometimes, all the time. I'm still staying up because I think I have to be awake. I'm missing something. I have something to do, whatever. There's always a distraction. Um, and it shows after a while, like I can feel myself falling down and my productivity is lowering and my ability to think is dropping. Um, what do you, I don't know. What do you think about what her message says? Um, I think two things about it. One, and I say this with all the love in the world, my dear friend, Nikki, but, um, uh, saying that you have to do that every single day or you're going to fall apart. Um, I've definitely felt like that before, but the good thing about our bodies is that, uh, they're incredibly resilient. And even if, you know, you spend some time not, not taking the best care of it, you can bounce back from that. And I think that's like a very amazing, beautiful thing. I think so too. And Um, I think just before you go on that the article we just read, I hope Nikki listens to this. Um, the article that we just read, addressed the fact that you can't be perfect um and you have to like come to terms with that in a way right Mm -hmm. which is kind of what you're saying yeah um and when it comes to you know the the exercising the eating the sleeping that sort of thing um i definitely used to feel the same way or like similarly uh now i don't but that's because i i went through i lost a lot i lost a lot um in terms of like my health and my well-being and for a long time and now uh it's like the most important thing in the world to me so when i exercise when i get to go to bed early when i get to eat a nice meal those are things that i don't take for granted not in the slightest because the fact that i get the chance to do those things um i didn't i didn't always have that chance and um it's something that i don't I think reframing it to be something you get to do for yourself as cliche as it sounds is the best thing because like how lucky are we that, I mean, and Nikki's an amazing cook. She's vegan and like she makes the most amazing food. My old roommate, Sam was vegan and she had some great, great stuff. Mm -hmm. Love to hear what Nikki's recipes are. (laughs) Yeah, no. um, But just getting, getting the opportunity to eat healthy or even unhealthy, but good food that makes you happy. Yeah. Getting the opportunity to move and try new hobbies and go pole dancing with me. Oh, um, oh is that a call out? Is that a request? <laughs> yeah. Well, she, she was going to come for our like girls day out, but she's going to be out of, out of Ottawa. Conveniently. 
<laughs> no, she she's like number one, ready to go. Oh, so okay, I see. We'll make another trip. Well, but I think having that opportunity is so nice in some ways. Inconvenient, yes, but also um, really cool. Yeah. The last thing she sort of briefly touched on was living in a capitalist society that feels like it's crushing you. Um, and I don't know any tips on that yet. I think we're all trying to figure that out a little bit. Um, as a teacher, my goal is to teach students that the way the world works doesn't have to be the way the world works all the time. And the change can happen and it will happen in our lifetimes. And hopefully we'll all still be able to eat, move our bodies and sleep when it does. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Thank you so much for the question, Nikki. Thank you, Nikki. It's nice to have people that I don't know asking stuff. That's really great. All right, one more brief segment before we finish today. We're going to pick out these questions from this game that we found at my boss's house. What's the game called? Uh, I'm not sure. It's over there. It's called Vertels. Vertels. And it was just um, kind of discussion questions. So we picked two that were kind of related to self-esteem and we're going to answer them. And we'll probably play the full game later because um, we are on vacation today. And that is all we have to do here. Way? Way? <laughs> we might only pick one though because they might be really deep. I don't know. I know. I think we can do both. Okay, we can do they're, both. And they're, they're quite related. Okay, um, read, read. I've never, I've not read these. So read it to me. Okay. Assuming you have the opportunity to exchange a characteristic of the other person for a characteristic of yourself, what good quality would you give your partner and what good quality would you wish to receive? So the question basically is, what quality of yours do you think I could benefit from having and what quality of mine would you want to have? Okay, I know the answer. Oh, what, okay. what quality of yours would I want is the your ability to be outgoing and to do things in public or new things that are scary or different. I don't do that shit all at all. Um, the quality of mind that you should have is my um, calmness and patience. <laughs> Hopefully, you don't get too mad at me for that. <laughs> do you think you don't think I'm patient? No, I think you're patient. I think that there's. I'm talking like generally calm. Oh, I'm not calm. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, K A L M, calm. Calm. We yeah. always say calm. That's so true. I have an out, outward appearance of more calmness, even when I do have anxiety. I think I would give that to you. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, it's funny. I picked these questions and I didn't even. I'll think start of it. thinking. Um, okay, what would you give what, to me? What would I give to what you? What would you take from me? That's easier, I think. Okay, what would I take from you? I mean, it's hard after because you already said all that. I would take um, your. Like easygoingness when it comes to people and relationships. Okay. Um, I find you just very you're very in, easy to interact with and like flexible in a lot of situations. And I have very like black and white thinking about that sort of thing. Right. And so I really appreciate that. Yeah. Um, what quality of mind would I give to you? Ambition. Oh yeah, I, I need that. I don't, it's not that, and I want to explain it. It's not that I think you need to be ambitious. It's that for a long time, I think you had the desire to do more with your life, but didn't have the confidence to do yeah. it. 
Um, whereas I, I think I've been a little overconfident. Well, overconfidence but, um, landed you in some pretty sweet spots. Yeah. Um, but I've always had kind of like that drive without, without the fear in yeah. that regard. Yeah. And you've, you have the desire and the capabilities. The fear comes first but though. It has, but that, that has changed a lot. Yeah. Um, a little bit. So I think that's maybe what you would benefit from. I most. think that's good. I think those were both good answers. Both, both ways. I like that. Yeah. Okay, and then what is your favorite characteristic that you possess? What the fuck? Favorite characteristic? Yeah. What's something you like about yourself? Um, I don't know how broad or narrow a characteristic is. Something I mentioned to Cassidy and my coworker this morning is that um, because of my undergrad allowed for a lot of electives and because like I had the benefit of having parents that were really like educated and knowledgeable i know something about everything and i have a really generalist approach to like education and knowledge and understanding like really and i think that's a good trait to have Mm -hmm. and i i think it's i I don't like i think it's cool but i also think it's useful oh yeah for sure Um, yeah and it's interesting yeah what about you hmm I think I'm one of, if not the bravest person that I know. Yeah. yeah. I'm. Just for context, Cassidy um, forcefully volunteered at a museum until they hired her full time <laughs> and created a job position for her, which now exists after her. That's a yeah, full-time job. And also then my next job, I also made for myself and then also the yeah, next you made, job I also made for myself. So yeah, Cassie's out here <laughs> making jobs for herself. But oh, don't forget the like, nonprofit. Yeah, that's I mean that's part of it. Um I would say that the fucking TED talk was scary. The TED talk, yeah Cassie is a TED talk out there guys. Yeah, there's been lots of interesting things traveling all over the world by myself, like tons of things like Getting that. Robbed but of your passport in <laughs> Australia. Yes, that that is true. It's pretty but brave. I mean it more in ways that people don't necessarily see unless you know me really well i don't think people understand um kind of like what my life has actually been like unless you know me really really well well something the the things that i've like the things that i've had to overcome in my personal life and how much harder it is for me to do like just the most basic things than it is for other people and yeah uh, but i'm still kicking and you are you're kicking and screaming (laughs) god knows it (laughs) Yeah, it's terribly hard, and it's very sad, but... But you are brave. Trying. Trying to be. Well, this is going to be a long one. I think this is going to be the longest one. After I edit it, we'll see. Might be. Might be. Maybe we'll break it into two... No, we're no. not going to do that. No, 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 it's no, no, It's no, no, not no. even that long. I have a length of, of, of media obsession, which is like, like, what's the drop-off rate? Who cares after a certain amount of time? But... The thing is, I actually just made this for me. Yeah. And I think also with podcasts, like people put them on just for like to have something to listen to. Yeah. That's At true. least I do anyway. That's true. Well, it is 640. It's only 640? Yeah, it's dark out. But oh, um, I have a steak dinner to make and then I'm going to jump into a hot tub. So we are going to call it there. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Bon chance. Say something nice to yourself today. Or to somebody else. But especially to yourself.
true. <laughs> you heard in this podcast is written and recorded by Sarah Camus. You can check out her website at sarahcamus.com. Thank you very much.